Thanks for listening to Last Call Confessions. This podcast is intended for adult audiences, and there may be language or references that some listeners may find disturbing. Guest views are their own and not necessarily reflective of the Last Call Confessions team. Discretion is advised. Welcome to this episode of Last Call Confessions. I'm one of your hosts, Austin Rieger, and I'm joined by Dave Erner. Today we sit down with one of my good friends and actually the first person I met in the hospitality industry. He went from busboy to DJ and has done everything in between at some of Calgary's hottest venues. We're excited to be joined by the legend himself, Ellie Saba. Welcome, Ellie. Thanks for fitting us into the first week of golf season. I know. Thank you. Well, I was out yesterday, so thanks for having me. I didn't go today. So right just on. for this, this, this is important to me. This, this right here, I'm going to say this one time, one time only, is more important than golf only today. <laughs> Last call. Oh, my. But it's amazing. Oh, it's my God, Ellie. Ellie, <laughs> Ellie, Ellie. How many, how many rounds of golf are you going to get in this year? I'm going for, I'm going for a new record. I'm going to do over 122 this year. Amazing. Priceless. Priceless. Yep. Ellie, so first things first. Tell our listeners how you got started in the hospitality industry. And is it true that you basically jumped right from being a busboy to a DJ? And it is very true. So uh, the reason why I started at Cowboys, I turned 18 in March 2002. <laughs> I think 2000, yeah, March 2002. And uh, my sister Sharon got me the job at Cowboys right after Stampede. I started as a busboy, uh, busing Stampede, busing during Cowboys. It was crazy. We all know the legendary 25 cent draft nights, which have now turned into 75 cent draft nights. Still is just as crazy now as it was back then. Thousands of people, all the cups partying like crazy. And those were hard days. And, you know, as a guy like me, if anybody knows me, love to have fun, love to listen to music. And I was literally the worst busboy in the world (laughs) because I'm in an environment where music's being played. I'm in a bar. Sure, I'm working. But every time I'd hear one of the songs I like, run straight to the dance floor, start dancing. And uh, how I became a DJ was this story. (laughs) Tim Miller, who's still the DJ at Cowboys, he is the real legend. He's one of my favorite person, uh, people in the world. And uh, he is my mentor in life, basically. He always looked at me every time I'd go out (laughs) to the dance floor. He said, why is this busboy dancing? I'd be a hip hop song, I'd go out dancing. Then it'd be a country song. I'd go out dancing, line dancing. I'd be out dancing. He's like, why is this kid out dancing? And it dawned on him that I really love music. I never wanted to be a DJ ever in my life. And sure enough, Tim's like, I'm making this kid a DJ. So my boss at the time, Adam Woodward, he grabs me. He's like, Ellie, do you want a DJ? I'm like, just some kind of joke. <laughs> I'm just here to pick up glassware and that's it. And he goes, no, seriously, do you want a DJ? Tim Miller wants to show you. I've never said a word to Tim once, ever. Not even said hi, because Tim Miller is here, and I was here in the hierarchy of the business. And uh, sure enough, I said yes. I had met Tim for the first time, terrifying. And he's like, okay, hey, cool. I want to teach you how to DJ. All you do is dance anyway, so I know you like music. You'll do just fine. Uh, it took me about three months to, of taking requests and kind of seeing what he did to actually play my first song. And if I'm not mistaken, it was I'm in a Hurry by Alabama. <laughs> yep. And... Tim left the DJ booth. I remember when I played it, he was gone longer than three minutes and 22 seconds. I panicked. 
spun the dial. The next song was the slowest song by Alabama on that CD that I've never heard. So that's how I became a DJ. And uh, what's still probably the, the best thing I've ever done in my life is DJing. Oh, my God. So you've been in the hospitality industry for almost two decades. We know you were a busboy. We know you're a fantastic DJ. What other positions have you worked? Uh, so as a busboy, I went from busboy to beer tubs and being a little bit. Um, and then I be also became a DJ around that time. I was doing both jobs. I've also managed uh, Cowboys and did a small stint as a doorman <laughs> because I got in trouble for a week uh, DJing. So I did a week as doorman. So I've done every job imaginable, and now I'm actually bartending right now at Hudson. So that's all the jobs I've, I've ever seen guys usually do. So <laughs> I, I'm still waiting for my beer stub shot one day. We one can day. make that happen. Sweet. Stampede, 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 stampede. I'm in. I want, beer tub. I want tub 20. <laughs> Based on that, two decades in you know the hosp- hospitality industry, um you've obviously worked at a bunch of random bars pubs clubs can you tell us about uh those which places you've worked at yeah so i worked at cowboys kaylee's tantra mansion roadhouse uh uh, hudson's i think that's it yep that's it now based on working at all those places did your role change at each venue or were you dj everywhere uh, no, so I was a DJ for most of my career, which is 13 years total. Um, I was the DJ at Cowboys. I DJed at Kaylee's and Tantra, uh, just on all like Tuesday nights and Monday nights. And then I also DJed a little bit of Roadhouse, but it was mostly bartending. And then Ranchman's and Cowboys were my two biggest places. The Cowboys for eight years, Ranchman's for five. Now you, you got to tell me, you guys actually got to tell me, um, like I've known you guys for a very long time. We've all worked together, but how did you two meet? How did Austin and Ellie meet? Uh, you want to take this one, Ellie? I, you know, to be honest, I don't want to take this one because the way it started was me just doing my job and meeting somebody who obviously was insane. <laughs> like, wait, I, I'd rather Austin just kind of give you the intro to this and then he'll tell you his side and I'll tell you my side because they're two different stories that actually mesh very well. <laughs> so Austin hit it. So there's, there's, yeah, there's two different parts to this story. And the first part is that basically Cowboys was the first club that I'd gone to uh, when I came to the city and I didn't have any friends. I'd moved in from a small town and I'm kind of just like hanging out being like, oh, you know, like, I, I don't know anyone here. I wonder how to meet people. And I come from a small town, right? So I'm, for me, it was like, I'd go up to girls and be, excuse me, would you like to dance? Which doesn't go over super well in nightclubs. Um, so I'm alone. And Ellie comes up and is like, hey, like, I see you're kind of by yourself. Uh, Why don't you come have some drinks with me? Come hang out. And so he basically just takes me under his wing. So this is how this all started. He's just like lighting me up, making me have a great time. And then he invites me to come and hang out in the DJ booth uh, with him as he goes up to do his set because it was his turn to get up and do his set. So I I go up to the DJ booth and while, (laughs) while I'm in the DJ booth, I, uh, I farted. And it, it, it was, it was a pretty bad one. And Ellie's in the middle of mixing and basically stops, smells the air, looks around, looks at me, points me. He's like, get out. I'm like, what? It's like, get out. 
I'm like, okay. And I go to go down the stairs of the booth. He's like, no, out. And he points out the like door of the back door, the side door of the club and makes me go and stand outside. And he's like, you are going to go and stand out there for 10 minutes. And so I go and stand outside and then he comes out, lets me back in, but tells me I'm banned from the DJ booth for a month. And I'll let you explain why, Ali. So this is uh, my whole basis on that. Uh, you fart in a DJ booth and the DJ's heavy set and there's a lot of hot girls. They don't blame the skinny guy. They don't blame the nice kid. They blame the fat guy. And I, was, I wasn't having it. And he was like, no, no, we didn't fart. I'm like, all right, now you're lying. Get the fuck out. <laughs> oh, sorry if I'm swearing, but that's how I felt. And that's why I stick to that guns. I've, uh, done, you, I've done that many a times. This, don't fart in the DJ booth. It's a cram spot. We have, this, is a, this is a safe area. There's, go see Tang. Go, 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 see, go, go to the bathroom. <laughs> you don't need to fart in the DJ booth. We have a smoke pit. Go ahead. Have a, have, go have a toot. But uh, yeah, I remember that. And uh, I remember meeting you. Uh, the way I met Austin was, um, I think it was Tim DJing at the time. And uh, I was out just kind of having drinks just on the mic. And he was just just chilling there, having drinks, like super nice guy. I'm like, we're going to break this kid out of his shell. I'm like, hey, Betty, what's up? We had a couple of drinks together. I bring him back to the BG booth. We're going to have some fun when he introduce you to chicks. And that's one of my favorite things to do. Little did I know that this guy behind this shy shell was a big personality. People loved him back then and still to this day. Uh, so like, that's why I was, I was really happy I met Austin that one day because he was we we're very kindred spirits in my mind. Like uh, we were always out and about, like having fun. So it was good. But that far, man. <laughs> <laughs> You'll remember that one forever. Yeah, that lingers. <laughs> great, great, great story, guys. Now, talking about big personalities, you guys both have big personalities. You're not the quiet, shy type guys. Um, now, let's talk a little bit more about Ellie and the mic. And a lot of people would know Ellie from walking around with a microphone, um, hosting some of the biggest parties uh, anywhere and everywhere. Um, but tell me a little bit more about what you love about being on the mic and what kind of events you've hosted. Uh, that, that is an awesome question. My favorite part about the mic, to be honest, is you are, you're a part of this party. Like uh, everything that you say has so much effect on how each part of the song or each part of like someone bringing brought up or talking how it all flows and I always thought I was really good at that because I always like to bring out the best and the most in people so doing that with one little tool to a thousand people is a rush that's what I love most about being on the mic because I know what I'm about to say what I'm about to do what every little quip every little sentence every everything I'm about to say is going to enhance this party bring everybody into this almost similar sim, similar sorry like same mood yeah same mood. <laughs> they're all gonna bring they're all gonna bring them up in this party and it's gonna be uh, it's always crazy to see like uh i remember doing bikini pageants or hair shows and you know you have to be a certain kind of mc and then you switch like the next day you're not only doing that then you're moving on to Oh, okay, now it's a hip hop show, and or like we're gonna do, we're doing more of a different style, or then we're teaching line dancing. How I'm gonna talk like that, and to joking games, and we used to do beer factor and stuff, and how I'm gonna enhance that kind of party, and being able to talk to that many people so many different ways, and the sole fact of just bringing the party a little bit higher, a little bit better, and uh, you have that kind of power is amazing. 
Uh, tell me a little bit more. Tell our listeners a little bit more about hosting Beer Factor. All right. So this is my all-time favorite thing I've done on a microphone. Um, this started in 2005, I want to say. This is kind of right where Fear Factor was getting big and everybody's like, oh, people are eating bugs. Oh, people are jumping off buildings. We had a group of guys that were working at Cowboys at the time. Um, Sean Payne, Kay Culberson, uh, Todd Bowman, <laughs> like some of the craziest dudes I've ever met as a person. And they, they're like, let's do Beer Factor. I'm like, yeah, let's do Beer Factor. And I got to host this. This is my first thing that Tim actually let me take on myself to host this. And we'd come up with really insane things for college students to do to win money. Uh, but it's a one in four chance to win money. And we'll get to that in a bit because uh, I want to talk to Austin about that first. Um, but Beer Factor was amazing because at that time, well, every Thursday night, because I know you guys all, everybody listening has been to a Cowboys Thursday night. There's not just 20, 30, 100, 200 people watching this event. It's hundreds of people, 400 people on the dance floor, 600 people around watching. And it's four college students on a, on a, on a stage and myself with a mic. And all I get to do is beat the crap out of these kids. <laughs> make them eat whatever I want, make call them names, belittle them, and just, you know, I'll take care of them after. But for that one hour, that one hour segment, I got to be the the king. And it was it was a blast. Um I, I th- think we should talk about Austin. I think we should talk about a couple of events that we've hosted because uh, Austin was actually a big factor in Beer Factor once um I left uh Cowboys on ninth. Once that was all done, we kind of became We've done it. We did it a bit at uh, Cowboys on Olympic, but where it really became big again was when Austin and I did it at Ranchman's and then he took it back to Cowboys and it blew up at Cowboys Casino again. So we, we saw, I saw, I got to see thousands of people watching to like, let's say 500, 400 people, 400, 500 people. And then he brought it back to Cowboys and then a thousand people watching Austin do this. And it was amazing. So I'd like to talk to Austin with what we did with Beer Factor. <laughs> it, you know, it, it, I can't take much credit because I got to come down to the original Cowboys. I'm one of the few that uh, that did get to go and I participated in Beer Factor at original. Uh, and then I participated at the second Cowboys as well. So when second Cowboys shut down and I was obviously working at Ranchman's and Ellie, you came over to join Ranchman's, we, I had a lot to go off of. I'd taken a lot of uh, notes out of the book and you know, between the two of us and our personalities, uh, we never really planned anything. We would just be like, okay, we're going to do a student night beer factor style thing. And what are we going to make them do? Like, I don't know. Do you have any ideas? No, I don't know either. Okay. Let's meet 30 minutes before work and go to the Asian supermarket. So we would hit the TNT supermarket and we would try and find like the most fucked up stuff for the Western culture right? Like no one has ever gone and eaten a hundred year old duck egg in, in Western culture. And, you know, a lot of people don't know what the durian fruit is and all this kind of stuff. So we would just go to this supermarket and we would find the best stuff that we could do and be like, okay, Hey, we're going to make people buzz in by throwing a durian fruit, which is one of those like super hard spiked fruits. And it's like the size of a basketball. We're going to make people throw that 10 feet in the air and then catch it to buzz in. And then once they catch it, they get to answer a question. And then to get the right answer, they have to eat a duck egg, right? A hundred year old duck (laughs) egg. But we made kids bleed like on a regular basis. 
and and you know that was a that was all a good time like that was the durian fruit where we went and we got a bunch of stuff from the age market but what about the stuff that we got from PetSmart? oh <laughs> you forgot about that eh? yeah we would we would go to PetSmart <laughs> and we would be like hey we're looking for like stuff you would feed a snake or a lizard <laughs> and they're like like bugs yeah we want live grasshoppers and maggots and mealworms uh, mealworms yeah. all that and they're like okay well what's it for like we're gonna feed it to kids they're like what do you mean you're gonna feed it to kids we're gonna make drunk college students eat this <laughs> and yep. so they like PetSmart almost didn't sell to us they uh they actually went and googled or like researched to can, see if can they, people eat this yeah <laughs> yeah can people actually ingest this before they sold to us but yeah, that's the kind of stuff that we would do on a weekly basis. And this all, like for me, like these, these are some of the things that I got to do with you. And then at the at the first Cowboys, what I was doing with kids was uh, a little bit like it was risky, risk, a little bit more risque times back then. Like we didn't really have um, <laughs> bare boundaries or we couldn't really offend. But uh, some of the stories, my favorite stories from then was uh, I'll leave this staff member nameless because He's a great guy, but he was also bigger, bigger, sweatier dude. And we made him run around, like we gave him a hundred dollars to run around in a garbage bag suit for an hour. And once we got down to two people in the four-person challenge, the two people, they would have to stand right behind him. We tore off this garbage bag, right? Like we literally tore it off and it was drenched in sweat. And he was just sweaty and smelly. And we lifted up his arms like this. And the only, I'd ask a question. The only way to buzz in is you'd have to lick him from here to here. <laughs> and the first person that did that wins. Uh, and then they'd answer the question first. Put so, first. Yeah. So they had to essentially lick him from basically like, even with the nipple line all the way up to the elbow of his armpit. Yes. Yes. And that's a lot uh, of sweat. It was, it was, yeah. It, like I, I, I feel bad sometimes nowadays of what I did, but I don't regret any of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I go, Oh dang, poor kid. Like I know Sherry was on the last, uh, last call confessions recently. Right. Sherry Sibliste. Amazing. She was one of our biggest advocates of beer factor. She, I remember her and Kira, one of the, the ways you'd answer the question was to bend over, raise your hand if you knew the answer, and then she would physically slap you in the ass or the face with a wetted, uh, can I say dildo? Because I'm going to say it. Yes, a dildo. And she, like, it, it was dipped in oil, and then she smacked you on the face, smacked you on the ass. And then, like, and Sherry, we all know Sherry, she doesn't, she doesn't go 50%, 110%, like shoulder back there, wham. And these kids would be like crying a little bit and like, the answer's four. And I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. All right, next question. And it was, we did some crazy stuff back then. It was fun. If you like what you're hearing, please don't forget to give us a rating and write a review on your favorite podcast streaming platform. It helps us out a ton and allows us to keep producing great content. While you're at it, make sure to check us out on Instagram at Last Call Confessions and give us a follow for all the up-to-date info on the podcast. Now, over the last couple of decades, you have been involved in witnessing hundreds of bands. Uh, you've had the opportunity to announce bands on stage before they go on. You've also had the opportunity to interview uh, celebs that have been in the bar and hang out with these celebs. You want to tell us a little bit more about that? 
Uh, yeah, so really cool stuff uh, that I've got to do, bash, like Bachelors from Bachelors at, from the Bachelorette and stuff. Those were a lot of fun. We did those often. And then um, I don't know if this counts as interviewing, but I do want to speak to it because Dave's got his poster right behind him. And it's I want to talk about the man right directly behind Dave. That is Vince Neal from Motley Crue. Uh, one of our I love Motley Crue. Do you guys love Motley Crue? Yeah, everybody does. Uh, I got to meet him. I got to meet Vince Neal. And it wasn't um, like a set interview or anything like that. That was Red Dog from CJ92 bringing him down to the DJ booth at the club, the original club <laughs> on 5th. And I might, I might have been 25, 26 years old. And I'm in awe. I'm like, oh, my God, Vince Neal's here. Sure enough, I use my bar tab to get a bottle. And I'm like, hey, guys, I'm going to buy some drinks. So I buy the first bottle. And if you, if any of you guys know who Red Dog is, this is no surprise to you. But if the people who don't know who Red Dog is, this is a man who's probably like 6'4", 240, and could drink everything on the world. And then I've got Vince Neal there and myself. So they are both, we, we went through that bottle in like a minute. I swear to God, it went, it was like gone like this. Red Dog goes to use his tab, brings up a tray of Sambuca and other shots. We go through those in what felt like another few minutes. Vince Neal buys a bottle. We go through that in a bit. And uh, we, we proceed to drink quite heavily for about a solid hour. He has to play on the Cowboys stage that night. That was why he was at Cowboys. Um, he fell off the stage that night. I had to DJ the rest of the night, and I almost got fired. I got in so much trouble for drinking with, uh, with our act, and I, uh, I, I regret it, but I don't regret it. <laughs> like, I, I feel bad, but I don't regret it. I would have done it every day, like if I could have. Drinking with Vince Neal might have been the coolest thing ever. He was probably he was just one of the dudes he was just so happy he was just super chill I was like all right man this is awesome like like I've known him for years and that was one of the coolest things I ever did with a celeb at Cowboys but I got a I got so many chances to meet so many different celebrities and open for so many acts it was it was amazing now do you have any other over-the-top memories like Vince Neal Motley Crue like you're you're speaking my language here what about the other memories for that that you've got from over the years uh big memories from cowboys again this stuff probably made me forget a lot of amazing memories but yeah i'm saying it i still i still think rev's amazing um but uh cowboys and over the years meeting some of the people that was awesome like i'm a huge Steeler fan as everybody knows i got to meet mitch berger for he was the punter for the steelers and he was the, he was he was part of the super bowl win in 2004 2003 2004 and i got to wear his ring and I got to meet him at Shooter Bar. He was celebrating his uh, his bachelor party, which is so super cool. Like, you're Mitch Berger. He was coming to Cal. Like, he came to Calgary to celebrate your bachelor party at Cowboys. That was awesome. All right. So, Ellie, we recently had uh, Pete Giovine, the co-creator of Beecher's Madhouse, on here with us. Uh, now, you had a chance to visit Beecher's Madhouse a few years back. And it's my understanding that a series of events led to you almost getting into a fist fight. Can you, uh, can you fill us all in on uh, what happened and who that fight was with? Yeah, I can. <laughs> uh, so I guess it's going to start off with uh, drinking my favorite tequila early in Beach's Bad House. If you guys haven't been there, go. It's fantastic. It's one of the best parties ever. It was from start to finish, walking through a bookcase and getting into the, this crazy scene of partying. It was amazing. But uh, some people, they might be in this room, drank uh, a nice bottle of uh, Don Julio 
Don Julio, uh, 19, what is 1942 or 1492? 1942. Yes, sir. The, the best tequila ever. It's my favorite anyways. Um, so we drank that and then we all proceeded to drink more at a other place at our hotel. And I got to meet one of the people at Beecher's that came, he, he was performing at Beecher's and came party with us. Uh, mini Donald Trump. I'm like, let's say Donald Trump, big mini Donald Trump. And, uh, so this this is a little person yes. impersonating Donald Trump. Yes, yes, a little okay. person exactly, and he a lot of fun, super nice guy. And then he, I think, from my recollection, if I'm trying to remember it, challenged me to a rap battle. And he started rapping, and I'm no rapper, but I was like, okay, let's go. And I think I might have said some things, and uh, that offended him. All I feel is like the cutest right cross to the gut. Just like, you know, just like a little, like, it was like, it's just adorable and just hit me right in the stomach. And I was like, Ooh, someone turned on the air conditioning or something. I don't like this guy. I'm just saying, I'm making fun. of him. I don't like him. So anyways, he, he hits me in the stomach and I'm like, what the hell? Look three feet down. What buddy? And he does it again. And I was like, all right, I might have to fight him a little person. And I wasn't worried at all. <laughs> I was ready to go. And uh, like you take everybody knows me. I'm super nice, happy panda, you know? I was this close to punching out something this big and I was very upset. So uh, yeah, but go to Beecher's Madhouse. Don't get into a fight. Everybody else is amazing. Uh, but mini Donald Trump, I'm telling you, you, you we got beef. <laughs> now, if, if I remember correctly, that happened at like 5 a.m. Like yeah. this is well after all the partying was done and this is back in the hotel room. And you're getting into beef with mini Donald Trump. And did you almost miss your flight the next day, like seconds from missing your plane? Uh, yes. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I had, you know, this, it, it, we were drinking all night. Sometimes I sleep. And yes, I was, I was very close to missing the plane. And if I missed the plane, then I would have definitely gotten a fight with Donald Trump, little Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, but yes, that was, uh, that was probably one of the coolest parties I've ever been to, though. Thanks again, Dave and Scarlett and Paul. Like you guys are amazing. That that party is stuck in my head, and I get to boast. I get to pump my tires in front of a lot of other people in this industry. <laughs> oh, what, what, what did you do at Cowboys? Yeah, we took a flight to Hollywood and we went to Beecher's Madhouse, and I watched some crazy ass stuff. Got wasted and almost fought a little person. What did you do yesterday? You know. <laughs> like, so thank you again, Dave. That was an awesome, awesome time. No, no, no. My pleasure, Ellie. And uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Beecher's Madhouse, Jeff Beecher, Pete Giovine, Minnie Donnie, Donnie Davis, and we Matt. You know, those guys have become our friends. They've become all our friends over the years. And uh, by far the coolest variety show I have ever seen. Now, Ellie, you've traveled quite a bit over the years and have a ton of great stories, but I'm totally interested in, it, in this 24-hour trip to Vegas. All Tell right. us about this. So this is Stampede 2009, just ended. I'm talking the Sunday, just ended. Uh, myself, Sherry, Ken Chung. Yeah, oh, um, Kyle Ainsley, Jordan Salkers, Jared Allen. These, I, there's, I know I'm missing a couple people. I'm sorry. Again, a lot of booze. Six people there, right there. If you know these six people, you've probably been arrested at least once. I'm just telling you, like, we had an amazing time. So what we did is 
cast. Oh, cheers. <laughs> Stampede just ended. Thank the hey, our best 10 days in the world. Um, we look at flights for red eyes, and the next flight is at like 5 a.m. or something like that, or 6 a.m. Sherry goes, We should go to Vegas. I'm like, that's an amazing idea. Ken John's like, I'm in. We all just said yes right after cash out. We all go to, back to our houses, grab our gear, uh, pack. We're on the flight. And um, we so we still we, we get to we land in Vegas and right off the bat, I'm wearing this LMFAO t-shirt. And this is when my I'm in Miami bitch and yes, and all this, like not not their first songs, but like their middle songs are all coming aboard and they're they're blowing up. They are at the airport just like get arriving with us. So I got to meet them and then they're like, oh nice shirt. And they signed it. Funny thing is, I just grabbed that shirt from a friend. <laughs> and I got him a signed t-shirt. I'm like, here you go. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. You lend me shirt. Uh, but they were awesome. And then uh Sherry goes, Hey, cool. We're gonna party. Uh guys, don't worry about tonight. Like, we're all staying at Caesar's. She's like, she's like, tonight we're gonna be partying at uh LAX. And she's like, Kate, we're gonna be partying with Chris Angel. Oh no, this is at Pure. Sorry, this is at Pure. <laughs> she's like, we're gonna be partying with Chris Angel. I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, I know him. I'm like, no, you know, Chris Angel, random. So she brings us up. He's literally in our, like, he's in, we're in a giant booth with him, just chilling, drinking, partying. He has got to be one of the most down to earth dudes I've ever met. I, I initially thought he was going to kind of be like super, like, hey, what's up, bro? Like, hey, man, like super cool shades on. He was like, hey, guys, let's have a drink. Shots, shots. I was like, mind freak right there. He's, a, he's the best guy I've ever met. <laughs> so, uh, right, like, man, Chris Angel was fantastic. Then, Ken Chung and I proceed to drink more and I, I, there's got to be a statute of limitations. These guys can't get in trouble with this. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say two of the guys on our party were, we, we, we kept going, me, Ken and I went to go get more drinks. Like we left the, we left pure. We're going to go to LAX. And as we're going up this escalator, we see one of the guys on a trip. He goes, Hey guys, want a sandwich? I'm like, what? We talk about want a sandwich. No, we're good. Okay, cool. Because the other guys right now in Quiznos making sandwiches. They broke into the Quiznos upstairs <laughs> when they were closed and started making sandwiches and brought a few sandwiches along with the next club. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, we're going to get arrested. We didn't, didn't get caught. And uh, then we went to the next club, uh, drank more. And then everybody kind of just one off, one like one after the other, went to bed, went to bed, aside from myself, where I <laughs> kept staying up and Hey, keep gambling, get more drinks. I went and played three card poker at this little like leprechaun kind of casino on the strip. It was like Irish themed. <laughs> and I played three card poker, won a bunch of money, left a note in the room saying, Hey guys, I'll make it for the flight. Don't worry, I'll be back. Which Ken now still to this day will tell you, it didn't say any of that. It was all scribbles and no one could read it. <laughs> so they didn't know if I was coming back or not. I got there just as they were about to leave and we all got on a flight together. So that was my 24 hours in Vegas where it was just, we, we, we went, we, we went, we came, we conquered and left. It was amazing. Why? Why only 24 hours? Got to be back at work. <laughs> Can't have it. Because <laughs> <laughs> Stampede's over. doesn't mean the party's over. <laughs> Ken had to be back and uh, a couple of other guys had to be back. So we're, like, hey, we're all back. We used to do stuff like that all the time, though. Like, hey, well, surprise trip to Banff, surprise trip to let's go drink a small town dry kind of thing. Like, we, we love doing that kind of stuff. And that was uh, the best culture for me growing up. That was awesome.
We just want to take a minute to acknowledge all of our listeners from around the world. Currently, we have people listening from Canada, United States, Costa Rica, Australia, United Kingdom, Mexico, Belgium, Greece, Germany, Sweden, the Netherlands, and the United Arab Emirates. From all of us at Last Call Confessions, thank you for making us part of your day. So, Ellie, speaking of crazy trips, there's a particular houseboating trip that you and I went on and became Thunder Buddies for life. Uh, can you fill the listeners in on the parts of this trip that you're allowed to share? Because yeah. we know there is a lot that you cannot share from this trip. I really can't. There, there, I'm pretty sure we signed something in blood saying we wouldn't be telling a lot of these stories. So, uh, But this one story is cool because we did bring this back to our regular friendship. I said, boss, until this day, we're still Thunder Buddies. I guarantee it. <laughs> so uh, what Thunder Buddies is, is no man left behind. And when you're on a houseboating trip with us kind of guys, Cowboys crew or a big industry crew that we, uh, we like to, we like to drink. And every time we're, every second we're awake, it's pounding back the booze. No man should ever puke alone. And this is my favorite Thunder Buddy story. I woke up and I went outside for a cigarette. This is after, this is the second day on the houseboat. I went outside for a cigarette and it hit me different. And I had to throw up. So what Thunder Buddies means is if I'm, if I, if you see one of your boys throw up, you join in right away. Nobody throws up alone. Nobody gets looked at differently. If one guy throws up, we're all throwing up. And I smoke, so I'm smoking and I just, you know, hit me weird and I had to throw up right over the boat. I'm throwing up and all you hear is crash, 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 running through the houseboat from the back to the front where I am running through his Austin Rieger and on his way, he grabs a bottle of tequila comes through, lands with me, stands right beside me, goes, Thunder Buddies, chugs the tequila, just downs his tequila, and goes, and just now it's, you got me and him just thrown up violently uh, around the boat, and we're not the only people on this trip, this is a bus loose, uh, bus loose trip, where we were the cow, we were the party boat, like industry boat, and there was probably like six other boats who don't do this, <laughs> they had no idea what we were doing, and yeah, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> so Thunder Buddies for life, always never let your boy puke alone. That's what I got to say. Now, just some background on this. The There were five of us that went on this trip and we put together, we'd reached out to like liquor partners being like, yo, you got any extra bottles you want to give us? And at the end of all this, after calculating up the ounces, just the amount of ounces that we had, I think we had 900 ounces of booze for five guys for three days. Like it was the most disgusting amount of booze that you've ever seen to the point of where bus loose was actually saying to us like, yo, we're out of alcohol. Can we like buy your guys, some of your guys alcohol? There's no way you're going to go through it. All right. So Ellie, you've already told us a few of the amazing moments that uh, have, have happened for you in this industry and in the hospitality industry. And I know that, everyone's kind of come together as a family for you in the past. Uh, you had mentioned to me that there were a couple of really, really big moments for you personally. And one of those was helping a guy meet a girl. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah. So this story, uh, I think this was probably around 2004, 2005. And this, this story will stick to me to the day I die, because this was probably the coolest thing I never meant to do. Um, I'm so it's DJing it's midnight this kind of nerdy guy like just kind of like this whatever dude like your average Joe 
comes up and he's like, hey, can you play this slow song? I think it was Amazed by Lone Star. And um, he's like, can you play this song? Uh, I'm trying to really hook up with this girl. Like, I just met her. Like, she's really cool. And she loves the song. I was like, nah, man. Like, maybe at the end of the night, but it's midnight. <laughs> Got to play Sandstorm and like all the, all the big songs. And he goes, like, it would really help me. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I've had some, I've had a few revs. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So what I did, I said, Hey man, just one second, just go to her right now, but go to the middle of the dance floor. I turn on all the lights, the floodlights, the cleaning lights, like the whole club is super bright. I stop the music. I say, can we please get everybody just to scooch off the middle of the dance floor? We have a very special song <laughs> and, and I made this super cheesy. So once everybody did, and everybody's like, kind of what the fuck's going on? Like this is fucked up. And we didn't really do stuff like this at Cowboys, but Tim's like, yeah, I was like, do it. Fuck it. If you want to, I was like, cool. People kind of spread out and they get right in the middle. I introduce her, I introduce him. I kill the lights from the disco wall <laughs> and play this cheesy ass song at midnight. Five years later, they get in contact with me. And this would be at the, the second Cowboys. So they tracked me down. And they, were, they didn't even know if I was still the DJ Cowboys, but they tracked me down and they were like, hey, we're getting married. Can you be our DJ? And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Fly to New Mexico, took care of all the accommodations. I didn't charge them because like, what a beautiful story, but they did all this outside of it. And they're still married. They have, I think they have three kids now. And uh, I see them on Facebook every now and again, but it was super cool to me that I got to really like impact someone's lives just by, I was like, I was just making a goof. I was like, it would be funny. <laughs> like, so it was pretty cool. If, if you had to guess at how many times you've helped someone propose at the club while you've been DJing, how many times would you say you've helped assist in a proposal at the, at the venue? Realistically, I'd probably say 20 to 30 proposals is fair. It's actually real fair. Uh, it's it's very like guys are really scared and uh like what we've done it's not just me at cowboys like i'm the guy on the mic doing it sure like hey what did she say like here's the mic give it up set it up help them set up but cowboys would always donate a bottle of champagne they would always like the crowd would always go nuts and it was just a great vibe every time it happened so it wasn't just me but like uh <laughs> i would say <laughs> a lot of times we've made people just come together and find love, find attraction, be a lot of beautiful things actually do come out of nightclubs. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, I've seen a few and it's always a pretty fantastic moment to be a part of. I, I got to chime in here as well, you guys. And I, I've experienced it so many times and I hear it over and over again. Listen, I, Hey Dave, I met my husband at, at Cowboys or I met my wife at Cowboys or my parents, like these days now, you know, we're, we're two to three decades later where my parents met at Cowboys. So it's just like, man, it's unbelievable how many people we've brought together. Like same for me. I met my, I met my wife at Cowboys. Yeah. Like, I, I met my fiance like, at Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. I've met girls at Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie, the other, the other moment that you had mentioned to me that I know meant the world to you is the way the industry rallied around you when your mom passed away. Do you want to, do you want to fill us in on that? Uh, so this right here is the most important thing I've ever gotten out of the industry. Uh, whether people have told me I've built this with all the relationships I've made or the guy I became and stuff like that. I'll never actually think that's true. Um, what had, what had happened is my mom suddenly passed away and, uh, it, 
it really like it was it was too much but with paying for the funeral and all the stuff that we had to do and it's it is time hard times um that was around couldn't really get there and i explained that to uh just a couple of people because i really never like look i felt like i would be looking weak and i never want to do that but i talked to two or three really important people in my life and what they did these three people is they rallied <laughs> they just they rallied and all the industry the entire calgary nightlife hospitality bar nightlife for me through an amazing fundraiser uh for my, me and my family and i was surrounded by a sea of people i knew i met and i love for one night and and we ended up making enough money to pay for the funeral and austin rieger is one of these guys uh and Brendan Alder from Hudson's, Mike Kelly from Hudson's. These three guys literally just got on the horn, talked to everybody, and rallied it as this many, like that many people to really show me something that I, I can't ever, I will never forget that what we do for a living may be fun in everybody's eyes and hard for us sometimes, but it builds us a family that we'll never ever lose, right? Like we are, we are our industry is a giant family with new members of that family being born every day and it's never going to go away. And I am so lucky that I got to be a part of what I did as at my younger ages to what I am now to what I'm going to be, because it was all, all like when push comes to shove, they had my back. And I thank you guys so much for that. So everybody that's tuning in, that was there that helped or I've even met or knows me. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a part of my family really so thank you i love you guys ellie i know a few years back you had the opportunity at cowboys to give away twenty thousand dollars in hardcore cash i know this happened i know it was real because i took the money i put it in your hands i said ellie you gotta save the day what was that like and how did you give away the money okay so this is unlike anything i've ever ever done $20,000. They're all in twenties. Okay. 20 grand in twenties. And like, all I had to do was probably the easiest job in the world. <laughs> Get on stage to Cowboys tent. How many people is that? How many people? Five, 5,000, 5,000 people and go, Hey guys, who wants money? And I got to literally watch a sea of hands go from the front of the tent to the back of the tent of insane vibration. And I'd be throwing, we were throwing money on, like through, uh, we taped twenties to glow sticks, hucking them, hucking them, hucking them. Then I would just kind of take a pause. I'd go out in the middle of the tent, throw money to people going crazy. Uh, we went to the, I remember I stood on the lemon, the Bacardi lemonade roof and threw money off the roof to people. And it was amazing. Um, from what I remember, right? Like geez, he couldn't make it, couldn't get in the country, right? But we had this easy concert. So what does Cowboys do? Let's throw 20, 20 grand in the, in the, in the party. Let's do it. Not buy people drinks, hard cash to, to the people that came to party. So we have some of the best DJs still playing, right? You have Cobb, you have Alvy, you have Tim. These guys are throwing down. This party's still on point, right? Nobody left. 5,000 people were still in here. And I got to just 
make it rain with 20 grand. And that was unbelievable. Like that was my last stampede in the, like being a part of Cowboys uh, in this industry. And what a way to go out. Holy crap. <laughs> like, I was the most popular guy in 5,000 people. I was more popular than GC for a night. What up? What do you do? Mike? <laughs> so yeah, thank you, Dave. Appreciate that. That was dope. <laughs> Absolute good times. Good times, Ellie. Now, speaking of good times, we just want to say, hey, thank you so much for being on Last Call Confessions. Ellie, it has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you in person and doing this hopefully again and having you back here. Uh, but first, before we leave, where can our listeners find you? Uh, yeah, come see me at Hudson's downtown Calgary. Uh, we're on 12th Avenue, 5th Street. I'm bartending, but... Uh, the coolest thing I really want to bring you guys down for is Sunday brunch. So we do uh, brunch every Saturday, Sunday from 11 to three, uh, $4 mimosas, $4 shafts and awesome brunch menu. And I'm there every Sunday. So that's kind of my night to pick. That's kind of my day to pick the music, what goes on in the city, like what goes on and I'm managing and bartending and we have a lot of fun. So just a little, if you want a one-on-one -on -one with me, just want to high five or, or even give one of those weird elbows that we have to do now because COVID, I'm in. Just come see me. It'd be awesome to meet you or see you again. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ellie. We really appreciate having you on and best of luck with brunch. And I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. Love you guys. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Last Call Confessions. It would mean the world to us if you could make sure to give us a rating and write a review on your favorite podcast streaming platform, as well as give our Instagram page, at Last Call Confessions, a follow. If you're interested in becoming a guest on the podcast, make sure to send us a DM. From all of us to you, wherever you're listening, thank you for making Last Call Confessions part of your day.